0: Welcome to episode number two of the Hustle Sanctuary, and today our guest is the lovely King. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for uh, coming to the studio.
1: The yeah, Makeshift of course. Studio.
0: Um, You know, uh, lots to talk about as we were just connecting. Always. I feel like we had like half a good episode that we just basically <laughs> didn't record, but we're just Could be, gonna like, dive the in. Reel. We're gonna dive in, anyways. Um, so, yeah, so King is an amazing poet, author, musician, five more categories Always. that I'll let her <laughs> fill you in on. And, um, yeah, the perfect, almost like the prototype, I think, for, you know, the Hustle Sanctuary and why it was created. And so we're not going to waste any time and we're going to jump right in. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and and have you tell the listeners a little bit about sort of um, what are some current... Um, current things that you're working on at the moment
1: okay well um my name is king obviously (laughs) i am a full-time performance poet Um, what I'm currently working on is my first album, which is called Baptism, which is where I incorporate my love for both music and poetry in one album. And so I composed all of it, the piano, the guitar, I have violinists, um, my bandmate Nikki sings on it. And it's just basically a way of me talking about how I've come into my own and an easy way for people to relate to me, my age. And so I kind of decided to do the album when Beyonce came out with Lemonade Mm. and Shire had all her poetry and I was like oh the doors kicked yeah. open for the poets like we're coming so I decided to capitalize on that and then outside of that I'm in a music trio called King Black mm-hmm. which features Nikki Black and Tate Tucker and we're working on our first music video which is called Die For It mm-hmm. and we're very much focused on like political activism
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then outside of that I'm also working on like a solo album music wise
0: okay great now let's <laughs> let's unpack some of this real quick so nice. so, so first things <laughs> i want to ask is like when we meet like people that we collaborate with that's always sort of like a little bit of serendipity involved with that yes. do you know what i mean i always. think that's kind of interesting to look yeah. at right so let's talk about how king black came together and how you met initially yeah Kate, for sure and you're the band member yeah
1: so yeah. i met nikki when i was 19 and i was performing at one of my first shows in hollywood And and Nikki was right in front of me and she was really the only person engaging with me, (laughs) (laughs) which is like the saddest part about being a poet. Sometimes like people just don't care about what you're saying at some venues. So that happened at this one. (laughs) Yeah. Because people are not used to poetry. And so Nikki was just like really engaged. So I did my whole set to her and her mom came up to me after and was like, you're such an amazing poet. Like, do you do music? And I was like, ah, not really anymore, like Mm -hmm. I quit. And so Nikki and I just started hanging out and kicking it. And I just started writing music really naturally again around her. And so Nikki gave me the confidence to like say I'm a musician again. And so Nikki and I decided to make a duo called King Black originally. And so we just realized we had a lot of the same views about the world and about like the injustice that we're currently living in. Mm -hmm. And it was ironic because we're on our way back from a march on our way to a poetry slam when we made the group, which is just very much us. And so then we started working together. Nikki went out of town and then I met Tate and Tate and I started hanging out. And I started to Where did you tweet.
0: guys meet? Yep. <laughs> we Leave met on. <laughs> Unless you don't want to like I don't, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> you like he gets purposely mad. left that <laughs> out. You're <'cause> <laughs> mad at me. you <laughs> They okay. met on a website. That's it. Like,
1: um, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that's all you gave me.
0: Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> and we thought the other was cute. That's about it. And then we became friends. And now he's like my sibling. Okay. Strictly. All right. And, um,. Yeah, so I started like going to a lot of Tate shows. Nikki started coming with me, and so um, we started working with this woman named Anna Montgomery, who is now my mentor and like my mm. second mom. Nice. Anna basically raised Nikki musically, so okay. she was Nikki's songwriting teacher for like seven years. Mm-hmm. And so her, Anna's whole family's known Nikki since she was like a baby.
0: So is Anna is Anna just a musician or a poet too? She's or? a musician. Okay, cool. Yeah, right.
1: and um, she's very acclaimed. I want to put that out there too. She's amazing. Um, nice. And so. Basically, uh, I was meeting with me and Nikki were meeting with Anna mm-hmm. and she we find out that Anna is one of Tate's cousins. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of this weird way. where We're like, oh, my God, we're all in each other's lives. And this is really strange. And so Anna presented the idea of us being in a trio. Mm. And so at first we were like, mm, we're not really about this because yeah. we were very much about girl power. And then we realized the importance of having a guy in the group, because it's a way to show that we're advocating for each other's causes. And so mm. no matter what, we're standing by each other, which I think is a really important model for our society to where marginalized communities start integrating for and sure. being intersectional. And so we figured that if that's our goal, then we need to like emulate that in our music. And so it's been a rap ever since. So we came to be in January, um, and so we have about four songs done, and then we're releasing the did, music video this summer.
0: Was it kind of magic off the bat when you guys started recording together, or did you, ha- did you have to go through, you know, like how the writers sort of like... Oh! Throws in the garbage multiple drafts, yeah, right? No, 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 and no. was it right off the bat? It was. Bat?
1: It was perfect. I That's think what made us realize yeah. we started having Tate come <clears throat> to a lot of our demo sessions, mm-hmm. and then we realized if we went to all these meetings, someone would keep asking why there's this random child yeah. boy featured on all our tracks. And we're like, we're already kind of a trio. Okay. But the night that we recorded "Die For It" was really when. It all came together because Die For It was a song that I had been working on for six months prior and I couldn't finish.
0: Die For It. Yeah. And okay. so
1: it is about police brutality. Okay. And what it means. And what, for me personally, the what? poem is about why I don't watch police brutality mm. videos mm. and like what that means to me and mm. how I don't want space here. If I have to pay for it or beg for it or die for it.
0: That's great. And so,
1: um, Tate came in and spit, he wrote the verses and we all were just crying in the studio. Mm. And it was just a moment where we we're like, this is our purpose. And like this, we were brought together for some reason. And so mm. that night was the night. was we powerful. Like, king black is king black.
0: That's powerful. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, you know, another, another theme basically of this podcast, you know, we talk a lot about transitions, right? You know, and sometimes those transitions can be like, oh, a little scary, let's say, you know what I mean? Like what's next? And so we want to give listeners sort of like that little shot of reassurance that, you know what I mean? And so let's talk about, you know, around the time where you said, you know, this King Black came together. Yeah. Where were you personally at that point? Ooh. You know, we, we, we didn't go there yet. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no I, I mean, yeah. I'm fine talking about things like that. When I yeah. met Nikki, I was <clears throat> still living at home. Uh-huh. Um, I grew up in a very abusive household, and so I was still dealing with that. And I was at the point where I'm like an adult now. So I was like, yeah, I'm not really going to put up with this, mm. but it was still really affecting me. I was struggling with addiction. I was struggling with a lot of like mental health because my parents don't really believe in mental health being a real issue because mm. black and East German parents. Mm. And so...
0: Yeah, sweep it under the rug Yeah, basically. that's basically yeah, my whole yeah, life. Yeah, so, yeah, you know,
1: yeah. I from the time I'm 13, yeah. I'm showcasing these signs yeah. and I'm 19 now. So it just gets worse. And so I was yeah. very much a derailing train, but for some reason I kept... My art was... It was suffering somewhat because of it, but I was still finding a home in it. I wasn't fully the artist I could be, definitely. But do you
0: think your art, for a lot of artists, when going through hard times, like art is like the salvation? Yeah, it was. Did you find that to be the case? It was definitely
1: when I was younger. And then I took a six month break Mm -hmm. from poetry and from music and from everything. And I decided where, to do, What age
0: were you? Because we're talking 13 and 19. Yeah, right? no, I'm you, still 19 you, at this point. Okay, well, you, yeah. Where did you take your six month break? Though? I was
1: 19 till 20. That was like... That was your yeah. six month break. Okay, yeah. cool. So cool, it was cool. like, it was like transitioning into the new year or something like that. Okay. The months, yeah. So <laughs> we didn't right. need to do months specifically. I'm just specifically. trying to piece it together <laughs> Yeah, for the no, listener. definitely. Right. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so I took a six month break. And then mm-hmm. I was about, I got out of my outpatient program um, mm-hmm. where, you know, I had to deal with you know, I have depression and anxiety. And then I've been
0: shit coping got real? With, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, shit yeah, got really yeah, yeah, real. And yeah. I have to like
1: say, you know, like maybe I've done some screwed up things and I need to take care of myself yeah. and like, you know, everyone Do around me suffering because of it.
0: Do you find the statement or the saying rather like breakdown equals breakthrough? Like, yeah, was that 100%. very true? Okay. Yeah. I
1: think if I hadn't reached that lowest point yeah. in my life, I wouldn't be able to be where I am now. Yeah. Um, so to a certain extent, I'm extremely thankful to have gone through all that trauma.
0: Everybody says that. I always know yeah. when you're going, when you're in the middle of it, yeah. you do not want to hear that. Oh no, oh no. I'm
1: not here for it whenever <laughs> I'm, when I'm in it. So, um, the week that I got out of my outpatient program, mm-hmm. Sheehan, who is one of the owners of the Poetry Lounge and okay. the host, he texted me right. and asked me to come and slam. Right. And so I was not a slam poet at the time. I was not into that, really. I would sometimes do it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't something where I was like, I want to be on a national team and do this. Mm. So I went and I read out of my journal and I won that slam. And then I went, I made it through semis and I got second place in semis. And then I made it to finals and I got second in finals. And I kind of was just really shocked.
0: This and is was, in the country almost, right? Yeah.
1: No, no, no. It's in no, it's uh, California. In, it's in California yeah.
0: still. it's great.
1: And so I made the team. And so I was the youngest on the team. And I wound up going to nationals. And so this was when I started realizing that, you know, poetry is my purpose. Wow. And so I was able to take all the trauma and all the pain that I had gone through and start doing poems and start competing with them and start, you know, sharing my story. Yeah. And me being who I am now, being able to have that inflection process where it's beneficial.
0: So Sheehan, who kind of runs the poetry lounge, just basically you went on stage and you just shared something you did. trying to get serious with it right and then he's like wait you got something and let's
1: yeah pretty much let's move you in that
0: direction right yeah
1: pretty when he first met me it was kind of along that line so Um, and so I started slamming so that's competing Mm -hmm. and so that's when he asked me to come compete um in February and so then I went to nationals in August Mm -hmm. with my team and when I came home from nationals it was just one of the most transformative experiences I ever had to be in, at nationals. You have like 72 teams, you yeah. have all these poets all over the country meeting in one place mm-hmm. to celebrate community and love and our stories mm-hmm. and also compete against each other. Mm-hmm. And so I came home and I realized that poetry was one I wanted to do forever. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I decided to really take the initiative to quit my day job, which is very risky, and do poetry
0: well, full-time. Wait, were you were you happy with your day job no, at that point? No, not at all. You were already miserable <laughs> with was, your day I job. My day
1: job was just like paying my bills. It was just pay the bills. Yeah. Job. Right. And okay. so I decided to, I figured, you know, if this is something that I really want to do, then if it's the only thing I can do, mm-hmm. and that's the only option, then I have to find ways to make money doing it that way. And so I kind of took a huge risk and it wound up paying off. And so I got signed to my booking agency out in New York awesome. and so I started booking a lot more college shows on my
0: own, which is where I make a lot of my money. And this is all within the last, say... Three
1: years. Yeah. Okay. 19 to... Well, 19 to 21. So like, is that two years?
0: That's two years. Two <laughs> years, yeah. Sorry, 19 to 21.
1: Yeah, this is... I'm talking about like about like last year I got signed to my booking agency right. towards the end of the year. Okay. And so... um Yeah. And then I just started having a lot when I came back from nationals, I started having a lot more opportunities placed in front of me. Mm -hmm. I started having platforms recognize me a lot more. I started writing for platforms. Mm -hmm. So I did a video with Style magazine and I am that girl. I did Huffington Post, asked for an interview and also like promoted my work nice. afropunk so it was just like i started having a lot of affirmation a lot of co-signs this was
0: finding you kind yeah. of right like yeah. you didn't have a press agent who was no like, oh hey, not, not at all people, these right. people okay, found me great. just like
1: on youtube that's great and i didn't have that many views so i don't know how they found wow. me but it, you know i always like i'm still like even when i'm looking for a manager sometimes i'm like do i really need one because i do all this, this on my happening. own yeah, yeah exactly. so I, but i do yeah. but <laughs> that, that, that's the fact of the matter right. <laughs> so, like, yeah i think like It was just really affirming. And then as far as transitioning into a musician, I didn't Mm -hmm. really fully decide that like, I'm also a musician until this year Mm -hmm. where I was like, this is also what I do. And I do play piano. I do play guitar and Mm -hmm. I go, I can go in a studio and do that. I can write music for people. I can write my own music. And so that's been a different development process in and of itself.
0: So what was the hesitation? It sounds like there was like, has some hesitation there to embrace that you were a musician. Where's that come from? I
1: think <laughs> I I don't know I grew up like I grew up playing classical piano mm-hmm. and I quit because all I was taught was recitation so I didn't really know the instrument picked up a guitar when I was sixteen when my uh, granny passed away and so I had an intimate relationship with that instrument. Um, and it was always just like my intimate art form, mm-hmm. like that was like a very separate thing, like I wouldn't go on stage with it, I was just mm-hmm. very much this is for me and my healing, Yeah. and sometimes you don't always need to share your healing, Yeah. and so I think it's really important for some artists to have their own like form for themselves. That was a
0: great gem right there, sometimes <laughs> we don't always need to share yeah. our healing.
1: It's very true. Yeah, that's um, true. If it means self-care, like, yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And so for me, sometimes the songs that I write, I in the beginning, I didn't really feel like I wanted to share it with anybody. Mm. It was just like, this is just my sacred space mm. right now. And so I think because I spent so many years doing that, it was really hard for me to all of a sudden say like, yeah, I do this and I'm going to be performing on stage. I'm going to yeah, be in this trio. Yeah. This is my yeah. other like, it, it was it just a lie. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just so used to being a poet. And so when you get comfortable in like it one career too. Yeah,
0: if there, if there wasn't a sort of process, like an organic process behind that and it was just like a light switch. Yeah, it was very much a well. It was very much just all of a sudden, hey, want?
1: you're doing music and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in this trio. Like, wow. So yeah. sometimes you
0: just gotta sort of dive right in. And yeah, just, okay. and I
1: think also in embracing being in the trio, I've been able to embrace solo wise that, like, I yeah. can do music on my own too, and like, I can sing, and like, I can, like, certain things where I was like denying myself of my capabilities. Yeah. I was like, wait, you can do this, yeah. and you can go in a studio session, and yeah. you can still, like, wreck house doing yeah. that, but because you haven't done it before, right. doesn't mean that you're not talented at it. No. And I think in being a poet, I got very comfortable at like, well, I'm good at this and I know this and this has been my story for three years. And so as a musician, I'm kind of more of like a rookie and a baby where I'm like, it's yeah. my first time playing and, guitar
0: in a session. You know, what's interesting about that too is, is an, I wanted to shift in a minute to like talking <laughs> about like, how has ego, you know, maybe like hindered you or helped oh, you? Like, e, yeah. e, I'm really big on these last few weeks of my life. ego's come up a lot with friends and yeah. colleagues and stuff. Definitely. and how to dance with ego hmm. so can we like loop that in right now because yeah, maybe maybe ego is involved like well like i'm i'm a badass poet yeah and, and i can't you know oh, I, I don't want, rejection. and i don't want to let <laughs> I, like i'll I, admit
1: it nobody likes rejection so i don't yeah. want to be told i'm not
0: good at something right. especially
1: if i think i'm like halfway decent at but it when
0: you could be killing it in in the poetry lane right that feels nice to the ego. Yeah. Like, you No, know, I'm killing it in the poetry lane. Yeah. And then, all right, let me step off this. Like, I'm gonna go from gold to like silver real quick. <laughs> <Puter>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no.
1: Like,
0: I so. It was cuter. at the time. I'm at silver now, but like, it, was, it was pretty. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of development. <laughs> so, can we can we unpack that though for yeah, a second? Yeah, I know for right? sure. Okay. I so. think
1: like you know, I think uh-uh. part of being an artist full time is you do have to have an ego. You have to know that you're good at what you do right. or else no one else is going to believe it. It's true. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it was just being so used to being good at one thing and potentially not good at something else. My ego started being like, ooh, are you good? Like, this sucks type mm. thing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I also like graded I'm co- there's a difference between like confidence and like cockiness too. For and sure. so there's one way to be like I'm very confident in my craft, but I also try to remain humble and I think I really learned that this year Today- staying humble during my learning process yes. and being patient and being graceful with myself. That, yes. Like yeah, not every studio session is going to be amazing, but you put in the work and like you're making these good relationships yes. and you're collaborating with people and you're building community. So that means something. Absolutely. And people are like focusing on your development too. So that's lucky in itself. So I think it took it took me a while to get used to my <laughs> my, my complexities with my ego, 100%.
0: Yes, and it can be slippery too. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. Like, yeah, it can be. And I think track.
1: especially as a woman, and a woman of color it, like people will misread confidence as mm. cockiness or arrogance that line blur yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and i think it's, because it's
0: really interesting yeah. like it, it it's yeah it's such a it's a such a whack double standard oh, i feel yeah. like like yeah, if totally. if, a, if a guy's like yelling at somebody like he's a boss but yeah. if a, if a, a girl does oh a woman is yelling she's a bitch like yeah, so, totally. what's up yeah. that's like <laughs> where like, my whole gender fluidity yeah. comes from cuz yeah. i encapsulate
1: both masculine and feminine yeah. personality traits and yeah. i think like For me, it's just frustrating because, like, I'm young and I know I'm very young in poetry for what I do and to, like, be where I'm at. Like, I'm very lucky. Mm -hmm. A lot of 22-year-old poets don't get to be in the same space as I'm in. A lot of 22-year-old musicians don't get to be in the same space as I'm in. So, like, I am very lucky and I'm aware of that. But also, like, I really believe in also having an ego with a resume that backs it up too Mm. and i think that's where i pride myself in that too where it's just like i know i'm good because of x y and z but how many because (laughs) i put in that work and because like you know i earned this so i'm not gonna let it overtake my whole life but i'm gonna be like yeah i'm good and like this should be monetized
0: this should be valued and you should respect it for that that's amazing that you're you're ahead of the curve basically Because there's a lot, I mean, like, I've been working with artists and music and everything for a while, and there really are artists who, like, say they're living, like, on a couch in Idaho, and they're like, I'm the greatest, That's you know great. what I mean, and they're not doing anything. Yeah, there's that, you gotta put the hustle gotta wa- yeah, you gotta watch that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, yeah, and that's like...
1: Talent is only a small portion of being an artist, and I think that's something that people need to remember, like, you can be as talented as you want to be, but, like, where are you putting in your work? and, where, and like, the biggest thing for me is like I don't care as good as I get I know there's always room for growth there's always room for development I know I'm good where I am now but I could be better and like I always like to compete with myself so it's like what are you doing every day what venues are you going to what song are you writing per day what poem are you writing per day who do you like, who do you yes. admire yes. who do you not like and why and I think it's really important to do that um, because that makes you the most well rounded artist you can be
0: there's a quote that I have to share real quick, which is like very, very like apropos yeah. for what we're saying right now. It says, "This is about this is a Hemingway quote. He's I the like man. Uh, There's nothing noble in being superior to your fellow men or women. True nobility <laughs> lies in being superior to your former self.
1: Hmm. It's Ooh, really powerful. Snaps. Yeah. <laughs> snaps all day. It's so true so, though. Yeah. Because that's my biggest thing is, like, I never see myself really as better than other artists. Mm -hmm. I say, like, I can be better than myself. Absolutely. And, like, my biggest thing is, like, I don't really care about how popular my work gets or anything. I care about being respected among my peers. For sure. That's, like, I think what every, like, artist really wants.
0: Now, let me ask you. Okay, so let me shift this again, but keep it still under the umbrella. (laughs) Like, so, say, take Kanye, for instance, right? Um, You know, he was, like, passed over, like... For a while, early mm-hmm. in his career, like, no, you're just a producer. You're you're aware of the story, right? Yeah. You're a producer, you're a producer, you know? And, and then, yeah. like, he got on and, and did his rap thing. Love him or hate him, like, you know, he's pretty talented. Oh, and, yeah, 100%. And, and, and exactly. So, you know, there's something to be said for, like you know when you get passed over for a while you know oh, you can develop a I, chip on your shoulder and be like man i told you like i was oh, telling 100%. you yeah. that's yeah.
1: i think and i think i've learned that very much so this year like no matter what space i'm lucky to be in people are still always going to pass over me at some point and like I think like it's interesting because if I was nineteen and heard about all the things I was doing now at twenty two, mm-hmm. I'd be super psyched. Yeah, and I'd be like, oh my god, you're so lucky. But I still have certain situations where like I need to prove myself more so than I need to mm. because I'm a woman, or because mm-hmm. I'm young, or because mm-hmm. of how I look, because like I look very unconventional and whatnot, or I'm constantly changing my appearance. And I think like you or do poetry
0: and on some level, like you said, it's not a m- mainstream thing. Yeah, necessarily so it's like, yet, yeah, right? it's convincing so-
1: people to take a risk that like yeah. hey i'm doing this art form it's really good also look at the internet people actually <laughs> yeah. are watching this exactly. like it's not just me just talking crazy I, exactly and i think yeah that's where i get most I, frustrated and i think like that's my whole life goal what? because i got mad about poetry not being seen for what it is is to trojan horse <laughs> it into major media
0: for sure what my biggest frustration is with like our current like you know just hum- like the current climate of humanity Right? It's yeah. like... I'm like... I'm like a truth seeker. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why I'm... Poetry, right? is like a... It's like mainlining truth. Yeah. You know the, what I mean? It's I mean, like... You, have,
1: you can't hide behind anything. No. You can't... You can't hide behind production or music or anything. It's just your story. And also, you can't even like... Even in slams, like why I initially gravitated towards poetry yeah it does not matter how cute you are in a slam competition if you can't spit well you're not getting a good score absolutely and that's my favorite part it literally doesn't matter what you look like and i think for major media that becomes a problem because we're perpetuating all these false standards
0: for people no i know and i think like there's there's a i mean maybe not only a dumbing down effect but like
1: oh they're totally well there is is a dumbing down effect of
0: (laughs) course but that's just one side of it i feel like in that dumbing down effect i think the greatest tragedy is like great artists and art like people lo- people lose the ability to even recognize what that is Do yeah. you see what i'm saying 100%. it's like
1: yeah. and it's even like just for <clears throat> what's frustrating is i think Why sometimes major media looks away from poetry is because poetry is so transparent Mm -hmm. and we shine light on a lot of truths that people would prefer to not talk about. And we talk about very taboo topics very casually and we're sharing our stories with that. And so that's going to, if it becomes popular, as it's getting popular, and I totally see it becoming a major thing within five to 10 years, is that we're going to be having dialogue about things that most people probably wouldn't want to have dialogue about. And like our general ignorant public is going to start becoming more aware. And so what happens with that is that, people start wondering about our quality of living yes, and things like yeah, that.
0: They become awake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are scared is. of that. They don't want to be awake.
1: No. Yeah. Well, sir, yeah. I'll, I'll, most, the most. Yeah, <laughs> right,
0: right. They got but, <laughs> but on that note, like what's interesting, like I just had this thought about comedians and comedians in a sense like they will say things that, like, people think but don't have the courage to say. Have you exactly. noticed that about comedians?
1: Yeah, comedians are very interesting to me. Yes. Yeah, you have to be what, very twisted it, to take something really screwed up and make it really relatable and funny.
0: <laughs> like, that's some, that's a talent. Like, I, it's totally a talent. But, like, per, you know, poets sort of go to that, um, you know, go to that sort of past your comfort zone place oh, and yeah. dig deep poets as well. Poets and comedians well. are very similar. Do you see what I'm saying? Totally. But, yeah, but I feel like, yeah, comedians, for some reason, there seems to be, at least in my estimation, more of a mainstream acceptance of comedians versus poets. And I'm wondering why that is, just because they make it funnier than poets do, and so people want to just... yeah because it can be mindless and deep at the same time and if you're really
1: a mindless person you might not catch the deep part
0: as opposed to yeah it might just like go over your head i mean chappelle was a brilliant it was brilliant yeah like he was calling attention to like deep shit but he chris rock Rock as well there's a lot of i think the great comedians do that don't they you know what i mean yeah so Um, i think
1: that's that yeah that's definitely an aspect of it
0: yeah yeah
1: and poetry always has been seen as like A weird stepchild of theater. Yeah. So there's that too. Like comedy has its own genre. Poetry. It's just like because you can write it, you can perform it, you can do, you can put it with music. Like it's just so easily malleable because it's still such a developing a new genre. Yeah. That a lot of people just don't know what to do with it.
0: That's true. But I think the other thing we said is like almost it feels to me like a bigger hindrance where just people just that's not what they gravitate towards right now like you said five ten years it could be different we could i think yeah it's a slow
1: it's it's definitely every five to ten years i'm noticing it's different totally i think our country currently and especially the millennial generation is craving that type of transparency that's great so i see poetry becoming definitely more popular and i'm feeling it um but to the level like where we can really like make a career just being a poet, because a lot of poets have to be like, oh, and I do this too, so bring me in here. Like, I write music, so bring yeah. me inside. And yeah. things like that. Where it's yeah. just like, I'm a poet, and I make my whole living off of it. I think that'll take some time, but it's okay. definitely, we're moving there. We're moving there. Yeah. We're progressing. It's going to take some time.
0: Yeah. But I feel like we have to progress, you know? I oh, just totally. feel like Yeah. We need to. We desperately need yeah. to.
1: If I'm going to still stay here, we need to. Like, <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs>
0: I've thought about... I've looked at other countries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I know you've had that. I was doing that today. I was like, where's New
1: Zealand? (laughs) 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 I just put my finger on a map.
0: Oh, my God. Um, Let's talk about, uh, you know, who has inspired you. You You're still really young, but, like, who's inspired you? You know, you said you... You've been tapping into your creativity like I remember you saying 13 and 19 you were sort of tapping yeah, in. Yeah, yeah like, definitely. So tell, tell us. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> my first two inspirations were Pac and Lauryn Hill. Okay. And so great. my mom played Killing Me Softly. And, like, the whole Fuji's album while I was in the womb. Mm. And so when a baby comes out, it will recognize that music. So I knew Lauren Hill's voice and my mom's voice. And my eyes would just, like, wow. glow up. Wow. So that wow. happened. And then when I was eight, my mom would, like, once a week on the way home from school play All Eyes on Me by Tupac. And, like, she would, like, my mom would just play, like, just random <laughs> things like song. that. Like, it was just, like, I'd listen to classical music and, like, yeah. Led Zeppelin and yeah. Tupac, And yeah. so, um... I just really gravitated to Pac, too. Um, my mom, I remember, I so clearly one day, she pointed at the radio and she's like, that man is a poet. Mm. You should be like him. And mm. I always find it funny when my family is like, why would you become a poet? I'm like, y'all told me. Pac. <laughs> yeah, y'all told me. Even though you said be a doctor, it was here. <laughs> so I think definitely, like, at this point, just how conscious they are with their work and just how innovative they both were and how unapologetically themselves they were mm-hmm. it definitely has formed the person I am today. I have my, one of my tattoos is like dedicated to both of them, which is the sun and the moon mm-hmm. um, on my arm. And so those are definitely my first two. And then outside of that, I mean, Kanye, a hundred percent Kanye. Um, I would say like, I love Beyonce. Like I, I knew Beyonce. I would say like lemonade, Beyonce, definitely. Like lemonade has inspired
0: me. You- for days but you're not a fan of the last album you're not particularly more,
1: okay yeah I think Beyonce just started coming into like really being yeah. the artist that she maybe wants to be
0: or is allowed to be what do you think Jay Z's stance is on that whole thing or does it I is think
1: it, I personally I don't think it matters I was gonna um, say it doesn't even matter I think but, because Lemonade runs deeper than just an infidelity issue it's yeah. like talking about like the sacred healing That comes with being a black woman in this society. And like, that's why you see all these like. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you see all these like flashbacks or like taking over like the slave master's Mm -hmm. house and they're wearing these like regal, like, that's what like plantation owners would wear, the Mm. women would. And so you see black women in that now. Mm. And so you see all these things like that where it's just like, it's more about healing and taking over that trauma and saying, we're still here and we're still black and we're still woman and Mm. breathing and like, you need to treat us better this way. And also, like, I'm also gonna use all the healing I learned from all like my parents. Um, and my mothers and my grandmothers and bestow that upon you, but you need to treat it like it's magic. Mm. And like, that's really important. Mm. And so that's why I really gravitate to love it. I didn't really, I mean, I love when she's all petty at a certain because I'm the petty princess. Yeah. But, like, but really Back at the end, the of, it, yeah, oh know. my God. <laughs> no, I was listening to it on the way here. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's just a true, it, it's, it's a masterpiece, and I think mm. it can speak to, it's meant for women, it's meant for black women particularly, and I think it's something that like we're deserving of. I think black women are oftentimes the most overlooked demographic um, to be given the respect that we deserve, which mm. she quotes in one of the uh, songs where Malcolm X says the most disrespe- disrespected person in America is the black mm-hmm. woman. Mm -hmm. And that's so, and the fact that that he said that. Wait, wait, but that was in nineteen, yeah, what, nineteen fifties, sixties, and you see that nowadays too, because if you has
0: it changed, I mean, it's changed somewhat, right? It has, but even
1: if you look at activist movements and Mm -hmm. things like that Mm -hmm. with police brutality, it's predominantly focused on black men.
0: Yeah, and a lot of Eric Garner, Trayvon. I feel like this Tamir Rice, and you know, Sandra
1: Bland was the first person that we. Really got upset about Texas, right? Yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, but yeah, there was Rakia uh-huh. Boyd, and then, and, and you know, and you have people not showing up for these marches for the black women who are slain, yeah. and that says something. Mm. And it's like we're being denied by our own community too.
0: That's an insult I haven't heard yet. Yeah, that's that's true. And so, I Lemonade true, definitely yeah. is
1: like elevating us into mm. this like level of like royalty mm. and like how we deserve mm. to be seen. So mm. it just, whew I could do Whoa, a whole thesis what? statement on what?
0: Lemonade. <laughs> like, I could just write a book. <laughs> no, this is great. There's, um, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, he's a great writer. Yeah. I mean, he's got a book called David and, David and Goliath. Yeah. Are you familiar? I think I'm pretty, I think and I am. There's a bit in there that's super interesting to me because I, I had a pretty rocky childhood, right? Yeah. But like, he talks about a desirable disadvantage, like, mm. right? So, so, for instance, like, my, my dad passed away when I was 12. Mm. That's heavy for like a, a kid, yeah. obviously. But, you know, he talks about like, People that are dyslexic or have disabilities and they go on to like do incredible things. And he talks, he just coined that a desirable disadvantage because had they Mm. not had those puzzle pieces in their life. Oh yeah. They would not be who they are or where they are. And 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 that's
1: just always like my... But not every, that's
0: not always the case. Because there's people that go through heavy things or are faced with um, difficult life circumstances and it really refrains them from exactly from doing it. so it's, it's just so it's dependent like, yeah i this uh
1: my best friend one of my best friends mike has this really great quote that we wound up making together where it says like my trauma got me here but my happiness is going to keep me here and like that's, that's like, beautiful how, yeah and like just remembering that and so that's wow. like it just what you just said reminded me wow. of that did
0: you guys make that photo yeah we it? yeah that's... we made
1: it up like we do this thing um i got him a journal and mm-hmm. so then um Every time that I give someone a journal, I write a quote in it. And so I wrote him a quote as to like to bless the journal. And it's this wow. whole thing of like, we're miracles and we're still breathing. Isn't that beautiful in itself? Which is a Sam wow. Sachs quote. And so I got a new journal that same day. And so then we decided to bless the journal and that's like what we came up with. I love it. Yeah, wow. he's wonderful. <laughs>
0: that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, and then and then I don't want to forget to like hone in on this again. The Hustle Sanctuary is of about course. transitions and stuff. So what do you think It's is, is one of the key couple of things to keep in mind when somebody is going through a transition in life or trying to figure out the next move, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? That's, yeah.
1: It's every other week. Like, <laughs> I like, feel like You could be really great one week and then you're like, alright, <laughs> where's the check coming next one? Um, I think it's really important to be patient Mm. It that's a really big one. And mostly with yourself. Mm. I think, you know, you can't control people. That's another right. thing you really need to know. That you, especially in this industry, you can't control people. I've had people, I've walked through doors that with like major media outlets where they're like, we love you, we want you. And then they're like, Nothing you know what? Happens. We went with somebody else. Yeah. And yeah. that, you know, and and underst- to be realistic during the process.
0: through that though. Yeah. What does that feel like? What, yeah, do you, it's you know, um, what do you say to keep on track? This is...
1: Yeah, you know. it's, um. you have to... I personally don't believe anything anyone tells me until I sign a contract. That's where I'm at in my career. Yeah. Um, Because like, you know, I know I'm good at what I do. And like, it's great when people co-sign me, but it's just like, okay, but like, are we actually going to do this? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's maintaining... It's not pessimism, but it's just being realistic because after so many times okay. of getting my
0: hopes up, well, disappointment. There, there, there's becomes... a book called Expectation Hangover. Yeah, <laughs> like, expectation you don't wanna... is the root
1: of all disappointment. Yeah, like it really is, and nah, so I think you know, knowing that nothing's ever really promised, even when well, you're on your highest no, of highs, like how that can be you, taken
0: away. How do you see? That's the thing is like, how do you dance with like the? I'm like putting in all this effort and energy, and and it's almost like being saintly or something to not have any. animosity no well yeah animosity but attachment to some sort of result like I'm going to grind oh, this yeah. hard, no, I'm going to do, do that, you know. I get
1: upset. Like, I right. totally have times where I'm like, man, like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why, right. like, why am I here? We all have and those then, moments. And then, you know, and so, we all do. Yeah. And, and it happened, it happened a lot this year. And this year has been one of my best years. Because, like, you get access when you do really great things. Because I had a commercial. I had a really great, like, national commercial. That's and great. then I had a meeting with ABC, and then that fell through. And so then it was just like, ooh,
0: that sucks. And so it's things like that, where it's just like, where am is it part of it because when you get the ABC thing everything feels like it has this upward trajectory yeah and then do it, you keep raising the bar too well, Like yeah right, exactly now I got ABC it's time for HBO like is it almost like a setup that we put ourselves in
1: somewhat what? but also it's just like if I'm at this level then yeah. I want to elevate that bar so I don't want to go from like ABC to
0: like I don't know no we talk about evolution yeah like, it's a human yeah. instinct to want to evolve. Exactly, I think. Yeah, yeah. So. and
1: I think it's just um, you know. I think it's, I it's think... remembering every single day why I do what I do is yeah. not for someone else's approval. Technically, right? It, it, why, yeah, it's why is great. it like if
0: you had to give a mission statement right now? Like, why do you? Why does King do what King does? In like you know nice compact mission statement, whoa, whoa, <laughs> mission <yeah>. statement. <laughs> <laughs> like a prefabricated <laughs> mission statement
1: why I do what I do I want people <clears throat> to know that their voice has value mm. and that their story has value and that they need to speak on it too these are all so, people yes all people yeah, yeah. so if someone sees my poem Mm. or watches and comes to one of my shows and decides that they're going to write poetry, or they're going to talk about their experience or have dialogue about it, mm. then my job is done. Mm. That is where I'm at. The only thing that I want to do is to be able to reach a... Huge mass of people, more impact, more impact, of course. But at the end of the day, that's all I want. I think it's reminding myself that, like, sometimes when I get the DM on Instagram or when someone like sends me an email or someone randomly on Facebook is like, "Hey, we haven't talked in like seven years, but you've gotten me through so many things in my life, and you don't even know." Mm -hmm. That's the reminder. That's the affirmation. It's like, yes, I'm here and I'm doing my purpose. Mm. And it's and as much as I want to say like, yeah, it's about money. Sometimes like I want to be able to cushion myself. Yeah. At the end of the day, that. Money doesn't buy that satisfaction. Like, I'm also not going to sell myself out in the process of, like, getting that check.
0: The soul reward is superior, right? Yeah, and I think it's
1: reminding myself of that. And, like, Mm -hmm. the times that, like, when I write a poem and I'm so honest and I Mm -hmm. just, like, and I break through my own soul. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm here for. Mm -hmm. Not, nothing else okay so i love that yeah
0: now a nice transition real quick tell the <laughs> audience about like a blessing in disguise for you that comes to mind what was a blessing in disguise
1: a blessing in
0: disguise yeah
1: Ooh. <laughs> i think this year actually it was interesting this year i am um, <clears throat> qualified to make the dpl slam team again mm-hmm. and i made it to finals And so I, this was actually a very interesting process because it was my first time dressing extremely feminine Mm. during a slam. I usually dress more masculine. And so people kind of expect me to be with the bravado that I do if I dress masculine, but I dress feminine and did the same thing. So I got a lot lower scores because a lot of people can't handle when a woman who's looking very feminine is talking kind of like a guy. And so it was a very interesting experience for me. It was a weird slam all around that night, okay. but I didn't make the team. And it was my first time actually losing a slam pretty badly in my entire time doing wow. poetry. So wow. it was like an ego crush Did a little you bit. I was like, am I good at, with, am I good at these poems <laughs> even? Like, I was okay. like, I thought I got the poems down because um, I was kind of used to winning stuff. So mm-hmm. I, but what wound up happening was that I realized that if I made the team, I would, you know, practices are two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. You put in like up, you know, it's like a part-time job. I was starting the music video with King Black. Um, I got the national commercial with JBL and NBA and Steph Curry. And so, you know, I would have missed a lot of practice for that and things like that. And so I kind of realized, like, I didn't need that title of, like, Los Angeles Grand Mm. Slam champion Mm -hmm. to validate that, like, I'm a good poet. Mm. Um, And it also just set up a lot more time for me to realize, like... Oh, wait, I'm still like, this is actually what you want to do. Cause I actually, it was more of an ego thing for me, I realized, with Slam. I just wanted to know if I could still kill it. It was not about like me actually wanting to be on a team. And I had to like come to terms with that, where I was like, you weren't coming from technically a genuine place this time with the Slam, with being on a team. And so technically, whatever higher power reminded me of there that was go. like you need to come from a genuine spot whenever you compete
0: i think it's so important uh, thank you for sharing that i think it's so <laughs> important to like ha, uh, for people to be in touch with their motives because a lot of times i feel like we could just be driving in yeah. a direction and not really know what our
1: exactly and i think that's are. also when things no. don't
0: work out is if the well, motives are not coming no, from the right place that's the you, that's the cliche right that you hear of like I got all this money in the bank. I got this. I got that. But I'm still not fulfilled. Yeah. That's people that aren't in touch with their motives, in my opinion. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. Totally. So, that's dope. Cool. All right. This has been great. Um, Thank you. We're going to wrap with, uh, so there's a company, I was just at a birthday party, and uh, just long story short, (laughs) there's this guy, I don't know if you've heard of this, but there's this guy who started a company called My Intent. Can no, it's dope. So I already feel like I would like it. It's dope. dope. <laughs> yeah. So basically, oh wait, you make the
1: bracelets. The bracelets, yes, and you get I the one him. word. Yes, I know him. Right. My mom loves them. Yeah,
0: it's super, yeah. super dope. So, so I just was like, you know, kicking it with him, and and I told him about the podcast, and he's like, I'm gonna bless you with with this deck <laughs> of cards for your guests. Nice. and this just happened last, so you'll be the first guest on the hey. Hustle Sanctuary to um pick I'm a so hyped card. For this.
1: You don't even know. It's like little this things is... that make me really excited. There you go.
0: Um, oh, this is a big thing, man. We're, we're, we're trying to bless <laughs> listeners, man. What are you talking I'm sorry about? You uh, deal. I'm sorry. sorry, <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right. So now pick a card out of this. Just any? Yeah. Pick okay. a card. There's 30 cards. They send her
1: my energy. Can it's like pick? with tarot cards.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Okay. You got a question on there? Yeah. All right. All right. Read that one and let's see what's up.
1: What is one of the kindest <laughs> things someone has ever done for you? Oh, that's good. Wow. Okay. I always got to... <laughs> Damn. And to make me like unactivate my thug mode right now. Um, I think I have two... Um, the first was I was going through a really rough patch earlier this year and I was living with a roommate that <laughs> was not great. And so I was on the brink of being homeless pretty mm. much. And so Anna, who is King Black's A&R type person mm. and whomever, um, she took me in wow. and she really helped me get on my feet. And it was one of the best blessings that ever happened to me because she became the mom that I always needed.
0: Amazing. And so
1: I was able to experience love in a way family wise that I never got. And so being with her, I definitely realized like how beloved I am and how joyous I am, and she just
0: took care of me. Where was this in and the I blessing never... in disguise? Th- well, I mean, this this could also I thought we're talking not work. <laughs> we're talking about work stuff, so. it. Yeah, life, all of it. I mean I've had so many blessings yeah. in disguises, yeah. but I was just thinking
1: like along the lines of ego I for the it. last one. <laughs> Check it myself. Anyways, um yeah, she became definitely like my mom and then her mom became my grandma. And so it's just, I have these two really strong women who take care of me, who look out for me. So important, right? It's so important. I think like I was able to receive a type of love in the past like five months that I haven't been able to like receive in my entire life. I spent a lot of my life asking for validation and for my worth to be seen by my parents. And so, you know, being 22, it's been super transformative for me. I definitely am like blooming into the woman I know I can be. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then the only other Mm -hmm. thing that I have... It's it's not not it, it. Yeah, and right? then all the only other, right. and then that's it. Because right. um, this was like super nice. Um, one of my best friends, Mike, um, who I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. he ran. I very I take into account when people remember small things about me because like I grew up with not a lot of people doing that. I think we and all so, do. Yeah, though. it's yeah. just so special. Nice. Yeah. And so yeah. he, we got into a fight one time. And he brought me, like, all my favorite type of, like, organic snacks and then wrote a really nice, like, handwritten letter, which, like, handwritten letters are not a thing anymore. No. Yeah, that's just, like, a lost art form. (laughs) So it was was him just talking about how much, like, I mean to him and that I'm a child of faith standing at the gates and I'm, like, learning to be, like, you know, as faithful as, like, a child can be in the sense of blind faith and being happy. Um, yeah. and experiencing that, and so I will keep that with me, like, forever. That's beautiful. Yeah. What, the, pro-
0: what did you say prompted that, though? Was that an
1: out-of-the-blue thing? Or it was kind of... We had right? a... Uh, we got into a fight. It was just a fight. And it was a fight where, like, like, you know, we were debating if we wanted to even be in each other's lives, maybe. Oh, and like it heavy. Was, it was pretty right. heavy, okay, and so okay. it was more me being, like, I don't know if I want you got around. It. And so for I never really had someone, like, fight for me to be friends with them. Most people were, right. like, alright, because we're in L.A., so people are like, alright, bye. Yeah. I'm,
0: like, I don't have a lot of
1: friends for that reason, like yeah. I really keep my well, circle like, small.
0: The, the fickle yeah. yeah. You're, not a fi- I, you're obviously if you're a poet, you're not a yeah. fickle shit, I feel like. Yeah. More of a, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm yeah, here yeah, for yeah, the real. So the like substance. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, yeah. if I lose one friend, that's like a Oh yeah. Feel like you took a limb. So like I was like, damn, <laughs> don't leave. So it was really great. I mean like, yeah, it was just like my first time like where forgiveness was actually like a good experience. So those are my two, yeah.
0: Okay. And that was this year. I love it. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Great way to end. And um can you how about socials? Like let's get the social media. Oh, all my social in. media yeah.
1: is at Halla, which is H O L L A. It's King. Um that's Twitter, Instagram, all the things. Okay. All
0: right, lovely. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you everybody for tuning in until the next time. God bless.